The following podcast is a program segment from the Midday Moments program with Gary Duncan. Join Gary for two hours of sacred music, along with moments of faith, family, and fun. Listen to AM 850 in St. Louis, or on the live stream at KFUO.org. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere, KFUO Radio. Listener-supported KFUO, the messenger of good news. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, wherever you get your podcast. This is Gary Duncan. You're listening to the Midday Moments program. It's time now for our moment on the lighter side. And today we are still talking with our very favorite, one of our favorite guests, St. Peter of St. Peter's Hook and Crook. St. Peter, you've been telling us the story of how you came to be a disciple, but I realize now it wasn't quite as happy as of a story that I had imagined. You know, that that's true, Gary. Uh, when I first followed Jesus, I, I did so under some unfortunate circumstances. I believe your own words were, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Yes, indeed. I won't go back into the details of that day's events, but, but suffice it to say, I had learned two important things. Two important things? What are they? Well, for one, as I said, I was a sinful man. <laughs> and what convinced you of that? For I had regarded the Almighty God, the ruler of the universe, the one who held my life in his hands, as if he were just some common, ordinary rabbi. <laughs> Hence your addressing of Jesus as a Lord? Yes, that day I realized that this was no ordinary teacher calling me, but the very Son of God. The very Son of God who would say to you, Don't be afraid, from now on you will be catching men. And in response to those words, I left everything and followed him. I mean, what else could I do? After all, he was the Lord. I, I, I mean, if the Almighty God tells you to do something, you'd better do it. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Actually, Peter, a lot of people don't, though. But I know what you're saying. A lot of people follow Jesus. They go to church. They say their prayers, whatever, for the same reason. It is what God told them to do. But their thought, really, if, if you want things to go good for you, you better do what he says. That's exactly how I felt. But I learned that was just more part of me being a sinful man. <laughs> what do you mean, Peter? Well, doing things because we feel we have to is probably the worst sin of all because it shows our lack of faith, a lack of understanding what it means when we say Jesus is Lord. But I thought that's what the word Lord means, the one who is in charge. Oh, he's in charge, all right. But the word Lord means much more than that. Uh, perhaps it's best if I explain by telling another story, a, a, another fishing story, indeed. <laughs> what else would I expect? Uh, the man of our favorite fishing supply store owner, I, that's what I expect, a fishing story, so go ahead. <laughs> well, a lot had happened since that first time I went fishing with Jesus. That day he called me. We've talked about the last couple of weeks. We had witnessed his miracles. We'd heard him preach for nearly three years. We'd gone through the trials and triumphs of Holy Week, from my denial to his crucifixion to his resurrection from the dead. I thought you said that was going to be a fishing story. It doesn't sound, well, well, not, it doesn't sound too fishy to me. Be, be patient. I'm getting to that. <laughs> you, you know, I, I think I'm people trying have to be the patient, impression. Peter. I, <laughs> I, I confess my sins of uh, not being patient. Go ahead. Well, you are a sinful man, yes, too. Yes, I am. There's no doubt about it. And, and, and you know, they're, they're, they're people have the impression. Now, I'm talking about after Jesus rose from the dead. They've got the impression he was popping in on us every day. Not so. Often, we went days. Well, we even went a whole week without seeing hide or hair of him. It was on one of those down periods that I decided we needed to do something. 
I mean, I realize it was beyond exciting that Jesus had resurrected from the dead, but we still had to eat, Gary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I suggested we all go fishing. You wanted a fishing story? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm familiar with that story, and just like the story you told us last, you fished all night and didn't catch a thing. Yep, that, that's correct. Uh, early in the morning, though, there was a stranger on the shore who suggested cast the net on the right side of the boat. Now, normally, what difference would it make? What side you cast the net on? If the fish aren't on the starboard side of the boat, they're not going to be on the port side of the boat. But maybe because we were so tired, we, we couldn't think straight. Or, or maybe because we were so frustrated, we were willing to try anything. Whatever the reason, we followed this stranger's advice. But just like the first story you told us about, you had a great catch in this story as well. Well, indeed, it was just like the first story. Uh, the day Jesus called me, he told me to lower the nets, and I had the greatest catch of fish in my life. Now, three years later, the same thing happened all over again, another great catch of fish. You know, John was the first to catch the drift of what had just happened. He cried out, it is the Lord, much as I had done the first time. But while there are similarities in the stories, there were two crucial differences. What were those two differences? Well, remember the first time I was out in the deep. The first time the great catch only filled me with fear, for I thought for sure my boat would sink and I would drown. But this time we were close to shore, no danger of capsizing in the shallow waters. In fact, we were so close to shore, I immediately jumped in and swam to Jesus. And that is the second difference, isn't it, Peter? In the first story, you told Jesus to depart from you, for you were a sinful man. But this time, you actually jumped in the water to get close to Jesus. What had changed? Well, certainly it wasn't my sinfulness, was it, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> nope. I was as much a sinner as ever. I think somewhere in my discipleship, I'd forgotten that truth. I thought I had become the brave defender of Jesus, who would even go to prison or die for Jesus. I would learn again that I was still the same sinful man that I was there when he first called me, when I denied I ever knew him three times. So why were you so eager to get to him, especially after you had denied him? I might have been the same sinner, but I'd learned something new about my Lord. In fact, I was coming to understand the word Lord in a completely different way than I had at first. As you already said last week, you originally thought the word Lord meant boss of bosses, the ultimate authority. And that's why you followed him, because you felt you had no choice. That's how I started out. But I was learning the word Lord means something completely different than that. Gary, if I could again ask you to use your Bible. Oh, I'm always ready to help. So read the story Jesus tells in Luke 12, verse 37. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord finds awake when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at the table, and he will come and serve them. What a surprising Lord! It says he actually comes and serves his servants. You know, that is a surprise. But if you think about it, the theme runs throughout the teaching of Jesus. After all, he told you disciples not to lord it over each other, for that was the way of Gentiles and the way they behave. And that's true, Gary. He also said whoever would be lord of all must be servant of all. And most importantly, that is what he said of himself, isn't it? The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, that's why I swam to Jesus as fast as I could. For I had learned that the Lord is not the one who bosses you around, but the Lord is the one who comes to serve you. And he serves sinners with the very thing they need the most, forgiveness, 
for all their sins. I can see why you wanted to get close to Jesus as soon as possible. You had a pretty big sin that needed forgiving. After all, you had denied him three times. To be honest, like all sinners, I, I had my doubts what he might do to me, but I knew there was no one else I could turn to. After all, he is the Lord. As it was, my hopes were fulfilled, isn't it, Carrie? For instead of condemning me for my sin, he restored me to discipleship with the words, feed my sheep and lambs. And, and don't you see, he's still that same Lord for Christians today. What do you mean by that, Peter? Well, it's why we jump in the water and come to Jesus as well. Well, you know, not literally jump in the water and go swimming, but, but I'm talking about going to worship. Not because the Lord orders us to. That will never do. You, you really think Jesus gets something out of you sitting in the pew for 45 minutes? 45 minutes? I should be so lucky. <laughs> well, whatever the amount of time. We shouldn't come because we have to, but because we're... Poor sinful people. And in church alone, the Lord serves us sinners. And what a service it is. A baptism that washes away our sins. A supper that is his body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. And, and a word that speaks our forgiveness here on earth and has with its authority in heaven. I just had a thought, Peter. You're right. We Christians start out just like you did that day after Easter. What, what, what do you mean, Gary? Well, we also jump in the water, the water of baptism, and therefore come to our Lord. Oh, that's a good thought. It also does remind me. I do need to make one clarification. And I have an occasional good thought, Peter. And, and what is that clarification? <laughs> well, you know, really, it was Jesus who came to us that day, even as he came to me the first day when he called me to discipleship. I may have jumped out of the boat and went swimming to him, but after all, as it was said in the Gospel of Luke, the Lord comes and serves us. And with that in mind, could I make a closing plug, Gary? Sure, sure. What, what do you want to say? Something about your store, The Hook and Crook? No, no. Actually, I'd like to, to make a plug in behalf of the churches in our area. You know what? With COVID and everything, providing worship opportunities and the Lord's Supper has become a challenge to our congregations. Uh, there are various government regulations affecting church capacities. And then there's the difficult issue of how to distribute the Lord's Supper safely. I know a lot of people are worried about being exposed to the virus if they come to church. You know, that's a valid concern, though. And yet, amazingly, by the grace of the Lord, he continues to come to us. His word continues to be proclaimed in churches, and if we can't come to him, his word continues to be proclaimed on radio, uh, like KFUO here, and on the internet, Sunday in and Sunday out. In fact, sometimes I actually get to hear two or three sermons a Sunday. Well, me too, but what's your plug, Peter? I just want to encourage all of our listeners if you're not able to attend in person, please continue to support your church with your donations. And I pray for all those pastors who are seeking opportunity to provide the Lord's Supper for those who cannot come to church. In all cases, remember, even in these difficult times, the Lord continues to come to serve you that we all might have forgiveness. I honestly don't know what we're going to talk about next week, but I might even have a surprise guest for you. We'll just have to wait and see, all right? Ooh, that sounds exciting. I look forward to it. We are the messenger of good news, KFUO AM 850 in the St. Louis region. We're worldwide at KFUO.org.